Good afternoon, everyone. It's Dr. Niagara again with our next episode of Psychology Unplugged. Hope everyone is well, and we're weathering through the pandemic, slowly getting vaccinated, getting back to whatever some semblance of normalcy is, um, which is a subjective term in and of itself. Today's topic, I'm going to focus on the bipolar disorders. Now, this is one of the most common referral questions that I get. Does a patient have a bipolar disorder? Um, I think social media, uh, TV, movies have done a really poor job um, at really depicting the seriousness of this form of psychopathology you'll hear people say oh my god you're so bipolar oh oh she's she's so bipolar can't be with her and it really does a disservice because this is a very severe psychiatric disorder now there's three types of bipolar disorder there's bipolar one which is the most severe bipolar two disorder and simply called something called cyclothymic disorder so in all, in, in bipolar one and bipolar two, they are essentially the same disorder. The differentiation is both disorders require an individual to meet the diagnostic criteria for a major depressive episode. The difference between mania, which is in bipolar one, and hypomania, which is in bipolar two, is the symptoms are the same. It's the duration of time that the symptoms persist. Now, in assessing for bipolar disorder, uh, when I ask people, and this, the core kind of features is a decreased need for sleep. Uh, sleeping for three hours, not sleeping for several days, during which time an individual is experiencing excessive amounts of energy Feelings of grandiosity, incredibly inflated sense of self-esteem, and euphoria, a disproportionate happiness. And again, in bipolar 1, these symptoms would last for one week or longer, and in bipolar 2, last at least four days. Now, people like mania because dopamine, our pleasure neurotransmitter, is flooding the system. Sometimes people chase uh, trying to get manic, uh, misusing stimulant medications, um, cocaine, crack to kind of kickstart the body into a manic episode because it feels really good. So the problem though is during this time, there's, I think, a loss of rational thought because the feeling of invincibility places the individual at an elevated risk for engaging in behaviors that have a high degree of pleasurability but also a high degree of potentially negative consequences, risky business decisions, maxing out credit cards, paying for rounds for everybody at the bar, even though you don't even know who they are, uh, risky sexual behaviors. What happens at the end of these episodes, though, is the person crashes. And bipolar depression is different than unipolar depression, and it's a much darker, much more severe um form of, of, of major depressive disorder. Um, just to go back to cyclothymic disorder, that is 
of the least severe form of the bipolar disorders because the individual does not meet the full criteria for major depressive disorder and do not meet the full criteria for mania or hypomania. So that, that's the least of the least severe of the bipolar disorders. So th- again, think of bipolarity as one pole is depression, one pole is mania or hypomania. A good cross-check when I'm doing diagnostics is oftentimes um, an individual will have had a psychiatric hospitalization. And this is another issue that, that comes up frequently because uh, doing diagnostics, I have the ability to spend several hours with a patient and use uh, standardized assessments to delineate uh, the diagnostic differential diagnosis, as well as how the symptomatology manifests idiosyncratic to an individual. So a common uh, diagnosis given in emergency room settings, inpatient settings, is bipolar disorder um, and sometimes schizoaffective disorder. And a reason for that is facilities allowed to prescribe any class of medication. So the problem, though, is if that disorder does not go unchecked or clarified, you could easily have the person be put on the wrong medication, uh, miss it in psychotherapy. And that's why I'm just a staunch proponent of full psych and neuropsychobals prior to therapy and meds, because that is really the only way to delineate what the diagnosis is. Now, bipolar disorder is also a disorder that relies heavily on psychotropic medications. Um, so I have my wife here because this, this is a common disorder that, that she treats. Uh, lithium was always kind of the gold standard. But I'm going to turn over to Julie and uh, get your perspective on medicating bipolar disorder. Julie? Hello. Um, yes, I, this is a very important topic. Um, bipolar disorder is very often misdiagnosed. People overuse the term. People call people bipolar um, based on certain behaviors. But <clears throat> to be in it from a treatment perspective and a provider perspective, what I <clears throat> I agree with um, with Corey in how how nothing really depicts the severity of this disorder. Um, and that is something I'm very passionate about as well. No one really shows up for treatment when they're manic. And when they're manic, they're too busy enjoying their mania that they don't get into treatment unless they do something so risky um, and troublesome that they wind up in an emergency room. Um, friends and family who know people um, who have bipolar, um, they know this very well, that they have very, these cl- people have very little insight, um, if not no insight, when they're manic, that their family and friends see, oh gosh, they must have gone off their medication, or, and it's very difficult for families. So I have a lot of compassion for families as well. Um, the part of bipolar that I think is fascinating that I think people really don't understand is that it's mood driven. That is one way I can tell between whether someone is depressed because of depressed, just major depressive disorder, or, you know, if it's a situational depressed depression. Um, 
but the bipolar depression is something that like Corey just described it is mood driven one minute you're one week you're you know elated and having the best time of your life uh, and then all of a sudden it's a deep fast drop off a cliff into a, a depression that is very very intense it's very dark it's very dark and I think that's the scariest part for people who have bipolar who don't even know that they have it but they do is that it's mood driven it makes no sense to them it's that they're on like Mr. Toad's wild ride at Disney or some some ride like a a, a, a roller coaster that just zigzags you and you have no control over um, your mood your mood fluctuation so what's the typical medic typical way to medicate bipolarity well like i said very rarely do people show up manic i mean that's probably the least population that shows up on an inpatient unit unless they're they're getting in trouble by with the law um or someone section them um because of their behavior um it, it, it people don't just show up themselves typically um bipolar depression is when people just when people are depressed, they seek treatment. That's why it's so misunderstood and so misdiagnosed and so mistreated um, as a provider because people show up for treatment when they're depressed um, because they have no hope, because they're at their wit's end. Um, they're not enjoying their depression. So if, if you know, you only have so much time you can spend with the patient but by the time patients wind up with, you know, after, you know, a suicide attempt or feeling suicidal or so depressed, they, they wind up being sectioned by a healthcare professional or families or someone dials 911 or a patient dials 911. They, 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 they go before a doctor and they get treatment at a facility. Um, they get screened at the emergency room. Um, depending on which emergency room you go to, some are screened out in and out pretty quickly. Some aren't. And um, what happens is you go to the next available bed in the state. So um, it's not like you can. It's not like you can just make an appointment, call and make an appointment to go in for treatment for this, um, especially when it's at, at its most severe point. For as a medication perspective, I think that you know when dealing with mania, um, very often you know providers will use lithium, um, and also for suicidal depression as well. Um, mania is the gold standard, you know, mood stabilizer. It's really the only, no mania, lithium. (laughs) Sorry, my bad. Um, lithium is the only really gold standard for, for bipolar disorder. What's the one drawback of it? The regular blood draws. Well, there's three drawbacks to it. It, um, there's the blood work, which, you know, you have to be within a therapeutic index in order to prescribe it. Um, number two for women, particularly not just um, with um, the thyroid, uh, over time, um, as great as it is, it um, can affect the kidneys in a negative way as well as um, the thyroid. And um, and and it's 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 sodium. That's what it is. It's literally sodium because bipolar disorder is sodium mis channel channel misfiring in the brain. That's why it's mood-driven. That's why people don't understand where it came from or why why it works the way it does. Um, but there are many other medications that can help. 
And in, in, in diagnostics, what I, you know, the, when I try to delineate these symptoms, like I said, it has to be a transition into an alternative mood state. And oftentimes when I'm trying to delineate, is this really the transition into mania or hypomania? Or are these simply good days when the depression is not as severe or as intense? And I spend a lot of time with patients when I do my structured diagnostic clinical interview, if I'm looking for bipolarity, um, people kind of step back and, and reflect like, wait a minute, man, maybe I think I was just not feeling as depressed. But then I have the advantage of the testing to confirm it. So for example, on the MMPI, there's the hypomania scale, which assesses for it. And the Rorschach is another great test that assesses for bipolarity. So we have subjective report, but I rely on not just clinical intuition and, you know, my education and training, but also on the testing data. And to meet the diagnostic criteria for mania or hypomania, a person just has to have one of those episodes at any point in their life. So it, there are people who have rapid cycling that re, you know, repeatedly have manic and hypomanic episodes. There's other individuals who've had one and have not experienced any since. So what do you think, Julie, are some of the major risks um, treatment-wise with, with bipolar? Well, I think there are a lot of people, and you know these people, um, they're famous people that have had bipolar disorder. Um, and you look at their, you know, their lives, and I'm not going to name any of them because there's so many of them, but musical artists, you know, comedians, the, the act, actors, and the, the artists, you know, um, looking back on, you know, any kind of, you know, really interesting person was struggling, um, but felt inspired during a manic episode. That's where they got most of their work done. Um, the problem with bipolar disorder is that people who are manic, um, if they're lucky enough to get treatment, um, they very quickly miss their mania. <laughs> so once, like for example, um, and I don't want to say this medication does this, but when people are really manic, you want to get them less manic. So you want to put them on something like lithium or a very new medication um, to the market is Vralar I use for mania. Um, again, I'm one provider. I've said this from the get-go. Everybody has a different style. Um, a lot of people um, will use, you know, Trileptal. They'll use Depakote. Um, you know, sometimes mania doesn't look like they're having a good time. It can be a very agitated state. It can be a very angry state. Uh, it doesn't have to be a pleasant, um, have you know, um, there's a party going on state. It's really a lot of, it could be violent. And you could also have psychosis during a manic or hypomanic episode. Yeah, and that's when we would reach for someone who isn't sleeping who is super manic. I guess I do not work in an inpatient unit as a provider. I work in an outpatient um, agency right now. So, um, but what they do in the inpatient units is they, they typically they strip the person of their current medication, if any, and they only have so many days to stabilize somebody, the insurance companies, and they have to do it quick. So they're probably going to put some, someone on like olanzapine, which is Cyprexa, which has a horrible side effect profile. Um, and they're trying to, they have very little time to 
stabilize people. So from an outpatient perspective, we deal with people who are discharged from a hospital that have been stabilized, but then develop metabolic symptoms and horrible weight gain. Um, Seroquel is quetiapine. That's another one that's helps, uh, like, like olanzapine helps stops mania dead in its tracks. Um, Saffris is another one, but the, the quetiapine in, um, Oh, olanzapine. Sorry, I was thinking Vralar again, but that's different. Um, knocks people out. They, they they sleep. So you want to get a manic person to get some sleep because they haven't been sleeping, which can lead to psychosis. So they wind up be coming looking like a schizophrenic. So, um, but it, the good news is, is the medications that they usually treat. You know, the Risperdal. Um, you know, I could name Abilify at high doses can stave off mania and also the psychotic features. So basically you're looking at a mood stabilizer of some kind, the uh, the lithium, like I said, I, I don't want to repeat myself, and the anticonvulsant medications, which are a mis- total mystery as to why they work, but they do work and we use them in psych. And that would be the Depakote, the Velproic Acid, Lamotrigine, which is Lamictal, um, uh, what a Tegretol, uh, Trileptol, all these medicines that they use for to prevent seizures. So they treat seizure disorders. They also work very well with bipolar disorder. So, do you think more people? There's a lot, you have a lot of people that are resistant who, you know, maybe the ones who rapid cycled get to experience the mania more frequently. Uh, do you think they're more resistant to one? To suppress it? I, you know, sometimes it's kind of hard. You know, there's so many layers. Um, sometimes someone will like, overly identify with the fact that they have bipolar, and you're kind of like, I don't know if it is bipolar, but whatever. The um, the bipolar 2 patients that I have, I find that there are some that just, they get through life just fine. I mean, they have their ups and downs, but they they love the hypomania. And if they know what it is, they can deal with it with, you know, sometimes not even be medicated, but just not a ton of medications or n- none of the heavy medications. Um, it, again, it's the ones that have hit rock bottom. It's the ones that have just can't take it anymore. And then, of course, you have like in, in psych across the board, no matter what you have, is I feel good right now, so I'm going to go off my medication. Right. And that's when, you know, the whole cycle begins again. And it's also important to delineate... Um, the bipolar disorders look very much like borderline personality disorder. Can can both coexist and be diagnosed concurrently? Absolutely. That's a much more complicated diagnostic picture. And borderline, there's no medication for the personality disorders. But a lot of times, and correct me if I'm wrong, but a lot of times borderline, if it's undiagnosed, gets treated or medicated like bipolar because of the mood instability right it is the mood instability but with borderline personality you have a tremendous amount of anxiety and also with bipolarity you have a tremendous amount of anxiety and the medications that we do use you know oftentimes we'll use benzodiazepines um to help you know they're not super popular right now but you know sometimes that just to assuage some of the anxiety with someone who has bipolar disorder because you can't put them on an antidepressant unless they are completely 
or mostly stable, like at least 90% stabilized on a mood stabilizer. Because if you put a bipolar person on an antidepressant without a mood stabilizer or enough on board, you're going to make that person manic, trigger a manic episode or become suicidal. Well, there's also a lot of comorbidity with ADHD, which is a topic we'll get to at a different point. 80% of individuals with a primary diagnosis of a bipolar disorder have a secondary diagnosis of ADHD. Interestingly, 20% of people with a primary diagnosis of ADHD have a secondary diagnosis of a a bipolar disorder. So can ADHD coexist with um, bipolar? Absolutely. But there's also alterations in concentration, attention, and focus as part of a manic or hypomanic episode that could mimic ADHD, but in reality, it's not. So what happens, Julie, if somebody is put on a stimulant medication and they have an undiagnosed mood disorder like bipolar? Yeah, they can get worse. They can become psychotic. Um, I've had, um, you know, across my travels seen that happen. Um, Rule of thumb with any ADHD patient, if they have an underlying mood disorder of any kind, um, be it anxiety, depression, or bipolar disorder, um, you never use a stimulant. It's only going to aggravate the situation. I, I, I know people would disagree with me, but I kind of call, because I work with comp, complex cases and uh, I work with chronically mentally ill people, um, probably 70% of my clientele are very chronically, severely um, struggling with um, a bevy of disorders. You know, ADHD as a provider where I where I work is pretty much the, the, the cherry on the cake. It's kind of like the last step, you know, if someone's still have, so you have someone who has bipolar disorder who can't keep a job because of their bipolarity. They finally get a job. All right. They're, they're higher functioning and their mood is stable. They're doing well, reasonably well. And they just have that very, you know, the ADHD, you know, be it inattentive or combined or hyperactive. Um, very often you'll see hyperactive with bipolar. Um, and you know, they do respond well to, to treatment as long as they don't have a, you know, substance use history with cocaine or amphetamines. But like I said, distractibility is one of the diagnostic, um, criterion for someone in a manic or hypomanic episode. And again, stressing my point for yourselves, for loved ones, family members, get testing. It's the only way to delineate what it is. So you're, you're, you're getting the right psychopharmacological treatment, the right psychotherapy. Otherwise, you're, you're grasping at straws. Also, I have to, I have to shout out to the, one of my favorite medications I use for bipolar depression is Latuda. I didn't mention that earlier. It's lorazidone. It is an, a wonderful medication for uh, bipolar depression and sleep. Um, this is also coming back a little bit to if we're really going to talk about bi- bipolar disorder, there is anxiety with bipolar disorder. How do you treat anxiety? We use the SSRIs and the SNRIs to really treat the generalized anxiety, the PTSD, the social anxiety, agoraphobia, all of it. Um, and, and that's how, so that what we will do is we will stabilize somebody's mood. Again, I'm one provider. Everybody does it differently. Um, but we will like maybe put someone on a teensy bit of like Prozac or Zoloft um, just to level out the, the anxiety. 
Um, the last thing I want to say is that when people have bipolar disorder and they're put on atypical antipsychotics or antipsychotics of any kind, um, and I mentioned this before, the extra pyramidal symptoms um, are can be problematic, but one specifically is akathasia. Akathasia is when you feel like you have ants in your skin. That's when you see somebody pace. Um, people will tell you that they're so anxious and you can try to treat the anxiety, but it's really akathasia. So it's, it's a feeling in the body where they constantly have to move. And that is one of the, it's, it's one of the um, side effects from um, a lot of these uh, typicals and atypical antipsychotics. And it's because it's crossing the mesolimbic dopam dopaminergic pathway. <laughs> Say that five times fast. So, well, just wanted to shed some light on this because, again, this is something I come across as a diagnostician for diagnostic uh, clarification has it has many different faces. Again, I've said this from the uh, the beginning that psychiatric disorders are not monolithic constructs. And, you know, we've, I haven't got to depression yet, but again, you have to have the depressive criteria for major depressive episodes for bipolar one or bipolar two, but it is a very serious diagnosis. It is, I mean, therapy is definitely beneficial, uh, but it's also a, a disorder that, should be taken seriously, um, as any psychiatric disorder should. Um, so hopefully this was informative because, uh, again, the term is used so much and it, it really kind of takes away from the seriousness of it when we're using it like, oh my God, you're so bipolar, or she's so bipolar. It really diminishes the, the, the struggles and um, the other part is the, the so much symptom overlap. So. Um, and the negative stigma. I mean, yep. helping people when they're in a manic or hypomanic episode, you can channel that energy into productive endeavors. You know, people who have jobs that are fast paced, constantly changing, they, you know, help somebody learn how to use the mania or the hypomania in constructive, adaptive ways. And lastly, because I have to have the last word, um, I want to stress that um, this is. This is a this is like a disease. It's not a it, it's like an it's an actual physical condition that people don't understand and I the stigma around this is is just enough is enough. These people don't understand. They feel like they're they they have care they're flawed characterly. They're not they're not feeling like they're okay as a human being. They feel like there's something wrong with them. And that's the part that I think that I wanted to stress. Like, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? There's nothing wrong with you. This is a chemical thing. Truly a chemical thing. Right. So that's a lot of it just is very misunderstood out there. All right. Well, thanks, everyone. We'll talk to you guys next week. Be well. And as always, be independent of the good opinions of other people. Have a great week. Stay safe. Take care, guys. Bye.